Does anybody bake a cake as tasty as a tasty cake? Find out next on Junk Feud. Oh yeah! Welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liss. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? Uh, ooh. Well, okay. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? You follow the fresh prints. Oh, no. <laughs> That was a winter-themed dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it into us via Twitter at JunkFeudPod or via email to JunkFeudPod at gmail.com. Liz! Dad! Welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast. Welcome back. And welcome back to January, our January celebration of all things Wawa. Liz, you kicked us off with mm, not the best dad joke I've ever heard, but a pretty good one. I thought today's was really good. <laughs> I mean, it was clever, sure. Did you get that from the, uh, I'm looking at a little canister on the desk here in the recording studio that says dad jokes on top of it? Yes. So, for Christmas this year, my dad got a little container of dad jokes. And inside, there's a bunch of different cards. And unlike each card... There's a dad joke, and then the answer, and then a dad joke, and then the answer. And uh, who got that for me this year? Me. You. So you managed to give me a present that streamlined the like only job that you have on this show, which is looking up a dad joke each week. Yeah, so now I don't have to look it up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Me and mom were in the store getting it for you, and we uh, looked, we saw it. We saw the little thing say dad jokes. The second we saw it, we were like... Yep, that's that's the one. That's the one. And what store were you in when you saw that? Home Goods. Home Goods. Home Goods has some snacks, don't they? Yes. You know what's interesting about stores like Home Goods and TJ Maxx and Marshalls and those those sorts of retailers? They always have junk food in the checkout line near the register. Mm-hmm. And it's always like old, disgusting, stale popcorn or like flavors of chips that you would never buy or jelly beans or marshmallows that are like all clumped together. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen something that actually looks appetizing in any of those checkouts. We got one thing from there once. Remember, it was like a marshmallow on a stick. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was like an old, stale marshmallow lollipop. Yeah. It wasn't horrible, but it was still kind of like crunchy. No, it looked really good, though. Yeah. They have like fancy looking snacks, like things that look better than they probably taste. That's exactly how it was. I feel that's that's probably like that restaurant that we went to with mom where I got the hot Cheeto burger where everything oh, yeah. looked really amazing, but probably no one was actually there to eat it. They just wanted to take pictures for Instagram. Yeah. You know where you definitely see the opposite of that, list, Where all the food looks gross, but it tastes amazing? Where? In the parking lot at a tailgate for like any sporting event. Yeah, like the hot dogs. They look gross, but they're really good. Yeah, or like big bowls of sloppy chili that people are cooking uh, on those on those big uh, burners that they bring out with them to the tailgates. They're so good. Split top bratwursts and like charred burgers, and everything just tastes better when you're in a parking lot. Yeah, I guess so. The reason I'm bringing that up is because it's January, which is a great month for sports and sporting events. Yeah. And if you were from the Philadelphia area, 
the Delaware Valley in general, and you were going to a sporting event outside, you're probably stopping at Wawa beforehand to pick up snacks for your tailgate. That's what we would do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we usually get hoagies. We'll get a Wawa hoagie and a pinch for a tailgate, but you could always get, like if you were going to a Phillies or Eagles or Flyers or Sixers game and you want to tailgate snacks, you'd stop at the Wawa, grab a couple bags of chips, a couple of uh, half gallons of peach iced tea, maybe some hoagies, some soft pretzels, whole bunch of things. Liz. Yeah. College basketball is in full swing. Go Pirates. Who are the Pirates? The Seton Hall University Pirates. Oh, boo. What do you mean, boo? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Do you have like a rooting interest for college basketball teams? I mean, I like, I like Browns. The Browns? Not Browns. Brown University? Rowan, Rowan. Oh, the Rowan Profs in their brown uniforms because we went to see a Rowan University women's college basketball game. Yeah. We saw them play the... Christopher Newport University captains? Were they the captains? I don't know. They were CNU, though. They were really good. They were the number one ranked Division Three women's college basketball team in the country, and uh, they put the screws to old Rowan there, didn't they? Yeah, but Rowan still did really good considering they're like the best team. Yeah, but it's fun to go to sporting events. You guys got snacks when we were at the sporting event, when we were at the basketball game. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> Your cousin's got... Papa John's pizza that looked like it had been sitting out for a while. What did you get? I got nachos. Oh, that's right. You got like the bog standard arena nachos, which is just a plate of cold chips with some gloppy fluorescent yellow cheese scooped on top of it. Yeah, it was not that good. No, you probably would have done better if you went to a Wawa and you got some tailgate snacks to sit outside if you were going to like uh, an NBA game or an NHL game. Yep. Every game, an opportunity for snacking. Liz, we've already talked about this a little bit because of the tailgate. What are some of your favorite sporting event treats? Sports snack. The tiny meats. (laughs) The tiny meats. (laughs) The tiny um, hot dogs. Oh, like little Smokies. Yeah. Do you want the, do you like... The regular little smokies that you just kind of like cook on their own, the ones we roasted over the fire with Ella, or do you like the pigs in a blanket that have like the little puff pastry shell wrapped around them? Or both? I like them both, but I would just prefer the ones that you cook on your own. Yep, just straight up little smokies. Orange slices at halftime at soccer games for little kids is a perennial favorite. That's like Or the orange slices at halftime during cheer. Oh, sure. Cheerleading was the same thing. You would get like some mom would have to bring a big Ziploc bag full of orange slices. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, you would get like ring pops and fruit things. That's very fancy. When I was a kid and we played Little League Baseball or Bambino League Baseball, I guess I should say, if you uh, if you finish the game, I mean, it wasn't whether you won or lost. Everybody finished the game. But when the game was over, you got to go to the snack bar and your coach would get a hot dog and a soda for every player. That was always fun. Really? Yep. It was always fun to volunteer at the snack bar too, because we would just keep a running tab of all the candy and snacks that we ate the whole time and then charge it to uh, grandma and grandpa. I want to work at the snack bar. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you'll probably get a chance when you're a little older, when your brother's playing uh, soccer or something like that. Yep. That'd be fun. I think Chase should play football. You think Chase should play football? (laughs) He'd be very good at it. Well, he's really good at running into stuff as fast as he can possibly go. That would work. But he would not like being tackled. No, for sure not. Uh, If you're at home watching sports, not like at a tailgate or at a snack bar, I think buffalo wings, probably a pretty good sports snack. One of your your favorite food overall when you were little. Yeah, not as much anymore. Not as much anymore, but you used to love hot wings, flats only 
extra crispy. Yeah, they're like hard to find good ones though. It is tough. It's been difficult for us to find good wings lately. You said nachos already. You definitely like real nachos, like good nachos, a big plate. Yeah, like they have to be homemade or they're just not good. If I go out to a baseball game, like a major league baseball game, it's hot dog for sure. Yeah, like there's no question about that one. Oh, we used to go to dollar dog nights at Veterans Stadium where the Phillies used to play. Before you know what I also down. really like the hot dogs? Yeah. From Costco. Costco hot dogs are really good. Super garlicky. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually buy in their refrigerated section, the Costco hot dogs, the Kirkland signature brand hot dogs that they sell at that snack stand. Can we get some? Yeah, I think we probably can. We usually get the big packs of Hebrew nationals, Hebrew national hot dogs. Those We're going to do a whole show on hot dogs. So yeah, we want to save some of this. So I'll say at a baseball game, a bag of peanuts. Yeah. Roasted salted peanuts in the shell. And this is interesting because I usually don't drink it any other times. A big, the like the biggest size they possibly have, a fountain Sprite. Oh, I do not like Sprite that much. I want like the iciest, coldest, crispiest Sprite if it's like- Crispy Sprite. Yeah. What is crispy Sprite? I don't know. Fountain Sprite is like- Crispy? It's crispy. I don't know how else to describe it. Oh. Go get a big Sprite from McDonald's and tell me that thing is not crispy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. There's all sorts of snacks that you can eat at sporting events. And Liz- What? That reminds me of this week's snack. Really? Yeah, up next on Junk Feud, it's Tasty Cakes. Tasty Cakes. Uh, Alyssa, what do you know about Tasty Cakes? I they, I know that they're kind of like crimpets. Crimpets are a type of Tasty Cake, sure. Is that all you know about them? Yeah. Do you, do you even know what a Tasty Cake is in general, other than one single variety of them? Like a frosted pastry? Sure, in some cases, yeah. Uh, a Tasty Cake is a little individually wrapped snack cake. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't refer to any singular product or flavor. I guess, I mean, you can get away with calling a crimpet a tasty cake the same way you can call like a copy machine a Xerox machine or a tissue a Kleenex or, you know, brands that have been substituted for the actual product. But Tasty Cake is in fact a company. It's an entire baking company. Hmm. Yeah, it's a company that began more than 100 years ago on February 25th, 1914. 1914? That's a long time ago, huh? Yeah, but it's not as long ago as the other places. Uh, Not some of them, no, but 1914 is a long time ago, more than 100 years ago. The son of a baker, a guy named Philip Bauer, teamed up with an egg salesman named Herbert Morris. They raised $50,000 in startup capital from family members. That's kind of a lot of money, actually, for 1914. That would be like a million and a half bucks today. So is it, I know this is a little bit off topic, but Uh is it 119 years ago? I don't know. I'm not good at math in public. Oh, keep going. <laughs> so anyway, these guys, Bauer and Morris, they uh, they raised $50,000 in startup capital from their family, and they started a thing called the Tasty Baking Company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they were selling individually packaged snack cakes that were wrapped in wax paper. And amazingly, Alyssa, they still wrapped every Tasty Cake by hand in wax paper until 1956, all the way from 1914 to 1956. And they sold these. Yeah, I know. Isn't that nuts? They sold these for 10 cents a piece. And on their very first day in operation, they made 28 bucks. Nice. I mean, it's a long way from 50,000, but trust me, they get there very quickly. They were out delivering their products via horses and wagons. And in fact, in the first few days of operations, they didn't really have a name for their product. It wasn't until Morris's wife bit into one of the snacks and she exclaimed, what a tasty cake this is. And that's how they got their name. It's kind of like, um, you know, Cracker Jacks 
or uh, hot dogs, the origin story of those things being called what they are. Holy hot dogs. Yeah, they were from exclamations. She, she exclaimed, what a tasty cake. And uh, so here's the interesting thing. The word tasty cake is spelled with two Ks instead of a C and a K. And the company claims they don't know why the founders chose to spell the name that way. But uh, I think we can guess if it's like a whole bunch of other companies that deliberately misspell their names to create brand awareness. It's for that differentiation itself. Yeah. Yeah, like Rite Aid is spelled R-I-T-E. That always bugged me when I was a kid. Wait, it how wasn't is spelled it spelled? Correctly. Rite Aid, like the convenience store, the pharmacy, R-I-T-E instead of R-I-G-H-T. Oh, I always, I just thought it was made like that for a reason. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there's a reason, but there wasn't for Tasty Cake, which was kind of interesting. And it didn't really matter because the company grew pretty rapidly. They did $300,000 in revenue in their first year selling 10 cent snack cakes. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. The money they earned from that first year of operations helped them to build a new factory on Hunting Park Avenue that had this new gravity-fed production line. And the gravity-fed production line allowed them to innovate new products. I actually watched a documentary on that facility on YouTube. It's like, I couldn't tell exactly how old it was. I think it was probably from the 80s or 90s, more likely the 90s, but it was really fascinating. It wasn't until 1927, though, more than a decade later, when they stumbled across their biggest hit up to that point, which, like you said earlier, was the crimpet. The crimpet. The crimpet, again with a K. Yeah. So here's what they were doing. They were experimenting with long, thin cakes that had a thick strip of icing on top, but the cakes they were making were so moist and so tender that they couldn't get them out of the cake pans that they were baking them in. Really? Yeah, it's a weird problem to have. Uh, So here's something that happened, though. There was a meeting where they were trying to figure out how to get themselves out of this literally sticky situation. Uh, And in the meeting, somebody made a recommendation that in order to increase the structural integrity of the cakes, they should look to geometry. And they said, well, what if we crimp it? But um, ding. Yeah, that's actually how it happened. The name stuck. They're called crimpets today. In the 1930s, Tasty Cakes started making individual pies. Uh, That was kind of a big deal at the time. You either made a pie at your house or you bought like a whole pie or a slice of a pie at a diner. For what, 20 cents? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was the 1930s. In 1931, they changed the game again. They made things that were called tandy cakes. What is a tandy cake? (laughs) Tandy cake uh, at the time was a white cake with peanut butter cream on top that was covered in chocolate. And then later they changed the name to candy cakes. They became (laughs) the most popular seller. They're still the most popular seller. They bake half a million candy cakes every single day. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. How many of those do you think I eat? Of the half a million that they bake every day. Maybe like 0.0001 and a half. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Again, not great at math. Someone out there will tell us what that is. Yeah. Uh, Tasty Cakes were shipped overseas during World War II. In the 1980s, they expanded their distribution to Florida. Kind of the same thing that Wawa did. Mm. Uh, And also out to Ohio. And in 2009, they moved again into another new factory, this time at the old Philadelphia Navy Yard. And there's like a long and sordid history of that. Wow. Do you know what else, Alyssa, because we kind of breezed right past it, was going on in 1914? No clue. No clue? I don't know. Like, that's too far. I mean, how far back is too far back for you? Like Like, three years, five years, (laughs) a hundred years? No, maybe like... 2001. 2001 is as far back as you can go? Yeah. Well, here, I'll tell you what was going on in 1914 then, since you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, The big one, obviously, is Archduke Franz Ferdinand. 
Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. Not the band that sings the song Take Me Out from the Madden 2005 soundtrack on Take PlayStation 2. Take me out before you go, girl. Wow. So, first Is of that all, on it? not the right song. <laughs> and also, also not even the lyrics to the song that you thought that it was. Wait, what is it? What is Wake the, me I, up before you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've discovered a mashup there. You know, take me out before you go, go. Wow. Holy. Uh, so anyway, yes, it was not It was not the band. In fact, Archduke Franz Ferdinand was the Archduke of Austria. He was assassinated by a 19-year-old Serbian nationalist named Gavrilo Princip, and that started World War One. Alyssa. W-W-Uno. W-W-I, yeah, so the big one, the Great War. That was the. Uh, that was kind of like the only really big thing that happened in 1914. Everyone was kind of wrapped up in that whole World War thing, so pretty much everything else kind of pales in comparison. Uh, I mean, we could do an entire podcast series on just that singular event, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. People have, uh, in fact, also, I think Hardcore History did one. We're learning about World War II right now, and we're reading like a book about some girl wow and her brother is her brother got like chose to go like he didn't have a choice to go so they chose him yeah well that's what happens uh, in wartime sometimes there are these things called conscriptions where people are called up to go fight in wars against their will it was a different word though a draft yes that yeah they kind of mean the same thing Oh. Anyway, here's kind of some other fun stuff that happened in 1914 to sort of sand the edges off of World War I there. Uh, green beer for St. Patrick's Day was invented at a bar in the Bronx in New York. Have you ever had that? Have I ever had green beer? Yeah. Yeah, it's just beer with green food coloring in it. Oh, that's not healthy. No, it doesn't taste any different, really. Oh. Hannes Wagner got 3,000 hits. Whoa. That's kind of a big deal. He's a, a very famous baseball player, more famous for his baseball card actually, than his playing career, even though he was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Like, Do you have his 10. card? Do I have a Honus Wagner T206 card? Mm-hmm. No, darling. That card costs probably like- uh, More than our house? Oh, a lot more than our house. Oh. Uh, speaking of baseball, Babe Ruth made his Major League Baseball debut for the Boston Red Sox in 1914. Babe Ruth. The Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout. <laughs> You just know that, like, word for word. I do. That's one of the best parts of that movie. The first electric traffic light was installed in Cleveland, Ohio, and Sir Alec Guinness was born in 1914. Do you know who Alec Guinness is? The Guinness World Record guy? No, that's a good guess, though. Alec Guinness was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Help me. You're my only hope. Well, you sound like a robot, not like Princess Leia. Obi-Wan Kenobi, help me. You're my only hope. <laughs> I do find it kind of odd that uh, all those people in space, they either had British accents or no accents at all. Right? Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah, like everybody. <laughs> yeah, and for the most part, they all spoke English, which was very helpful. They all spoke English, but the robots and like monsters spoke jibba-jabba. They were like, <laughs> Hey, well, speaking of uh, talking jibba-jabba, here's some, here's some interesting corporate jibba-jabba that was going on with Tasty Cake List. Jiggle-a-juggle. In uh, 2009, when the company moved to the new factory at the Philadelphia Navy Yard, the move was overseen by a guy named Charlie Pitsy, who was the CEO of the company. He was a local guy. He got his start in Philadelphia industry big time by driving around. He was the driver for List, Mayor Frank Rizzo in 1975. Remember we were talking about Frank Rizzo and the Jerky Boys? Um, mm, sort of. Yeah, just pretend that you do. This was the real okay. Frank Rizzo, not the made-up character for the prank phone calls. 
Rizzo. Yeah. And it turns out moving the factory to the Navy Yard uh, might have had some wider implications than merely updating the production lines list. They were uh, automating the facility. That meant there were fewer laborers that were required. Ingredient costs were increasing at the same time. So that meant they were starting to cut some corners. They were changing recipes. They were shrinking their products. And uh, it got so bad that children of people that used to work for the old Tasty Baking Company started writing op-eds, opinion editorials in local newspapers, lamenting the changing taste of the butterscotch frosting on the crimpets, the crumbly texture, the scant filling in the pies, icing strips that only covered enough of the snack to show through the packaging windows but didn't actually cover the entire cake. Uh, It got pretty bad. Commenters on Reddit were claiming that eliminating trans fats from the recipes, stuff that's bad for you, was responsible for changing flavors, and that seems pretty reasonable as well. But as expected, all of these corners and costs that were cut were a setup to sell the company to some outside interests. And in 2011, Tasty Baking Company was purchased by a company called Flowers Foods from Georgia for $34 million. I know something about 2011. Okay, go ahead. A lot of people in my class were born then. A lot of people in your class were born in 2011. So when and we get to something, I was a year old. Yeah, that's right. When we get to something that was founded in 2011, and we say, "Liz, what else was going on in 2011?" You're going to say, "A lot of my friends were born." All my friends were born. Yeah. So bad luck to both of us. Hey, here's some good luck. If you were a kid in the uh, Philadelphia area, in the Delaware Valley. You probably had Tasty Cakes in your lunchbox when you were little and going to school. They were the perfect size for school lunches. I've never had one. Sad. Sad. Well, you're going to have one today for sure. At least yeah. one, maybe more. Spoiler alert. I just want to I just want to like have it now. It was Well, you have to wait a sec. We're going to get there. I know I'm kind of hungry too, actually. Let's finish the notes now and let's go to the food. <laughs> We're almost there. There's some important stuff that you have to learn, like the fact that the popularity of Tasty Cakes, specifically the pies, was because they were individually wrapped in the perfect size for lunch pails. When like laborers, blue collar workers in Philadelphia would go to lunch, they would take Tasty Cakes in their lunch boxes, usually the pies. I think I had uh, probably some type of Tasty Cake in my lunchbox every single day during elementary school and middle school. And like, so did every other kid at the lunch table. They were the perfect size for that. I think... Your grandma put me on a rotation of butterscotch crimpets, jelly crimpets. These had like these little injection ports in the bottom where they would put a fruit flavored like raspberry jelly inside. Those are really good. I don't like any type of jelly. Oh, well, bad news then. You won't like jelly crimpets. Uh, And then later on there were, no, there were these things called cream crimpets that were sort of like Tasty Cakes take on Twinkies. They had like a vanilla cream inside. And then of course good. the peanut butter candy cakes, these things called cream filled coffee cakes, which are excellent. My Those favorite. Those sound really, you don't even like coffee. No, uh, coffee cakes are not flavored like coffee. They're designed to be eaten with coffee. Oh. That's why they're called coffee cakes. Uh, and of course my favorite of all time is sadly now discontinued. They were <gasps> these things called banana creamies. Oh. Oh man. These were unbelievable. So incredible. If you can imagine like two very thin strips of a super moist banana bread, but like very sugary. So it's a banana cake, really. Two strips of banana cake with uh, vanilla cream piped into the middle of them. That so it was so like a good. sandwich of vanilla cream on banana cake bread. Oh, unbelievable. Why'd they discontinue it? You know what? I don't know. In fact, uh, I did look around and someone had written a letter to the Tasty Baking Company to ask them if the banana creamies were going to come back. And they said, no, sadly, they're discontinued at this time and we have no plans to bring them back. So that sucked. They were uh, 
really amazing. A flavored sponge cake, a cream layer in the middle. Luckily though, and I'm kind of bummed that we missed out on this this year, there is an Amish bakery somewhere in Lancaster County. Your Aunt Melissa refuses to tell me where it is because I think it's like a secret for her. They make this big banana cake. So it's like, instead of a little individually packaged one, they basically make a big sheet cake that's just like a banana creamy. Super moist banana cake, cream filling in the middle. We used to get these for Uncle Brian's birthday all the time. Uh, we haven't had them in a bunch of years. I got to find out what's going on with that. You got to like, uh, you got to like get it out of I know. I got to, I got to get on them. Next time we're down in the region, we will ask, we will find out. We'll go out to Lancaster County to the Amish country. We'll get that Amish banana cake. You know what else we might do the next time we're down there? What? If it's time, we'll go to a Phillies game. Yes. And in fact, Liz, if you listen to the radio to a Philadelphia Phillies broadcast, you'll probably hear somebody like Tom McCarthy say something like, nothing goes better with Phillies baseball than a tasty cake, or at least that's what they would have us believe. Over the years, there have been a lot of- You have a very good announcer guy. Oh, I had to practice. I had to practice that one a lot to get it to sound just like that. Ready? I'm going to try. Let's hear it. Nothing goes better with Phillies baseball than a tasty cake. Hey, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you could be on the radio. Or maybe you could be one of the people that stands at the front gate of the stadium and hands out the different promotions that they have. Or I could do the sign language on the top of the screen. <laughs> it might sure. take me a little bit to learn it. Yeah, you got to learn sign language first for that. I, I know my name. I mean, you wouldn't have to learn anything to just stand there and hand out the cross-branded Tasty Cake promotions that they have on like Sunday games. There were been, uh, in the past, you could get, if you went to the right games on giveaway days, Tasty Cake baseball cards, pocket schedules, glossy photos, bobbleheads. They had Phil and Phyllis bobbleheads. That's like a, a historical looking guy and girl that are sort of pseudo Phillies mascots. There were reusable lunch bags. Those looked pretty cool. I might get one of those on eBay. Uh, hats, backpacks. In fact, Liz, even legendary Phillies broadcaster Harry Callis, my favorite announcer of all time, would announce on his broadcasts in each game when they would deliver a box of Tasty Cakes to his announce booth between the innings. Wow. Yeah. In 2009, when Harry Callis passed away at his memorial service, uh, fans that were in attendance were handed Tasty Cakes as a parting gift. Nice. Yeah. Here's an interesting quirk, though. Uh, as of 2010, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, at that time, you couldn't actually get Tasty Cakes at Citizens Bank Park, the stadium that the Phillies play in. I know what happened in 2010. Yeah, what happened in 2010? <laughs> the most beautiful, amazing girl was born. Yeah. Who's uh, who's that? Take a guess. Oh, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, no humility here, folks. Here's the thing, uh, Alyssa, about <laughs> the fact that you couldn't get a tasty cake in the bank park. Uh, a, the fact that you couldn't get a tasty cake in Citizens Bank Park in 2010. The company said the product's shelf lives were too short and the temperature at the summer home games was too high to ensure that the snacks would still be delicious. You'd have like melting icing on your crimpets and... Uh, like oily packages on your coffee cakes. They couldn't keep them uh, if they were going away for long road stands, things like that. So uh, it turns out that assertion sat the wrong way with fans. And the next year in 2011, sweatingly the delicious tasty cakes, sweatingly delicious <laughs> tasty cakes. Yes. Probably they're not going to hire you to uh, do their next advertising campaign. Sweatingly delicious. I don't think people really associate sweat with uh, delicious snacks. Do you? Sweatingly disgusting. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, the good news was, though, later that year in 2011, 
the food vendor for Philly's Home Games, Aramark, started selling tasty cakes, and they just kept them in refrigerators there. In refrigerators? Yeah, that's right. Here's a place, a list that you can definitely get them, uh, at least you could this year, in Houston, Texas, unfortunately. When Houston, the Astros, tick. Yeah, when the Astros beat the Phillies in the 2022 World Series, the... <laughs> I know, so sad. Uh, there's always next year. The head of Philadelphia's Public Transportation Authority, SEPTA, made good on a bet, and he sent a case of Tasty Cakes to his counterpart down there in Houston, deep in the heart of Texas. Uh, also in Philadelphia list, another sports team, the Flyers, the hockey team, they have been Tasty Cake partners for even longer than the Phillies have, and each time... Alyssa, a Flyers player, scores a goal. The company donates a case of Tasty Cakes to the team. Uh, and then usually the team gives those to the Philadelphia Children's Hospital. Uh, the signature goal call for announcer Gene Hart and others has been, he shoots, he scores for a case of Tasty Cake. He shoots, he scores for a case of Tasty Cake. Yeah, and if you've ever been out of the region, you've probably been longing for Tasty Cake. There's a bit of homesickness that goes with leaving the Philadelphia culinary scene. In fact... Lots of people that leave the area miss things like cheesesteaks and uh, water ice, sorry, water ice, saltwater taffy from the Jersey Shore, and uh, our, in fact, our snack that we're going to talk about next week, we'll keep that a secret. But most of all, they miss Tasty Cakes, and this weird little microeconomy has sprung up online. There are websites, stores really, with names like uh, Pennsylvania General Store, Taste of Philadelphia, and Northeast Snacks, and there's even the internet regional food hegemon Gold Belly that ships hyper-local food brands across the globe. They're in on the racket. Each one of these stores will prey on the nostalgia that folks feel for these little snack cakes, and they price their wares as such. If you're uh, super daring and you want to buy tasty cakes and get them shipped, you can try eBay. Like eBay people are, <laughs> yeah, people are selling boxes of tasty cakes on eBay at, Order at jacked off up prices. Order eBay. And you'll get your tasty cakes in a box that say basketball cards. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a little inside baseball there. That's that's kind of funny. It's a little, it seems weird to me. I don't know if I would want to buy food on eBay. Yeah. Especially food with <laughs> limited shelf life, like a tasty cake. Especially food that comes in a box that you've already used what it was inside of. Yeah. Hey, here's an interesting fact, list. What? In 1914... When the company began, there was another place that you couldn't get tasty cakes. And it was Wait. right in Pennsylvania itself. It was the city of Pittsburgh list. Isn't Pittsburgh like where the college pit is? That's correct. Wow. So smart. <laughs> You're so smart. Pitt College is in Pittsburgh. Here's the thing. The entire reason that the Tasty Baking Company was headquartered in Philadelphia at all was because of a weird legal agreement that was struck when uh, Philip Bauer's father sold his Bauer Brothers Bakery in Pittsburgh. And as part of the sale deal, there was a clause in the contract that said that no Bauer family member was ever allowed to open a bakery within 100 miles of Pittsburgh. So when his son wanted to be a bakery, he had to move all the way to Philadelphia to make tasty cakes. Dada. Yeah. I just thought of something amazing. What's that? You know how you always say friend of the show? Yes. Now you can say friend of the feud. Friend of the feud. Oh, that's a good idea. It's a little bit of alliteration in there. Yeah. And a little bit of alliteration has a little bit of assonance in it, too. Yeah. What's alliteration again? Alliteration is when words start with the same letter and you say them together in a sentence. Oh, yeah. So a little bit of alliteration. A little bit of alliteration. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Great job. So uh, <laughs> it should not be surprising to anybody out there that has ever left the Philadelphia region and come back to have tasty cakes and enjoyed them so much. They would not be surprised to find out 
people that live in the Philadelphia region in the Delaware Valley eat more snack cakes than anyone else in the world, but there is lots of stiff competition. Tasty Cake itself has more than 100 different varieties of snacks, but uh, many of those are very similar to products from other snack cake purveyors. You might have had a Drake's Coffee Cake, for example, which was famously featured on an episode of Seinfeld. You may have seen Entenmann's, which is another uh, grocery store bakery brand that makes like just about everything that Tasty Cake makes, especially little chocolate donuts. And then, of course, there's Hostess and Little Debbie. They all make cupcakes and snack cakes and nutty bars and cookies, and they're all basically the same thing with little slight spins on them. Here's an interesting thing, though. Uh, Over the years, Tasty Cake has attempted to differentiate itself through some marketing gimmicks. So like, for example, in the early days, they would only allow stores to stock two days worth of inventory so that it would sell out very frequently and it would give everybody that bought it the impression of freshness. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And then, of course, through advertising. Listen, Betty White was a spokesperson for Tasty Cake TV commercials. She, Mom has a book about Betty White. She does. It's really interesting. Did you read it? Nope. No, of course not. The big deal, of course, for Tasty Cake has always been regional nostalgia. If you didn't grow up eating these, they're just another snack cake. They're the same thing as a hostess or a little Debbie. But if you did, and you've got a Wawa close by where you can pick up a pack, then you will realize... That the thing we said at the top of the show is true. Nobody bakes a cake as tasty as a tasty cake, Alyssa. Nobody bakes a cake as tasty as a tasty cake. And hey, we've got some tips and tricks to help you enjoy tasty cakes from people that have grown up with them. These are, uh, if we were doing like clickbaity stuff, we'd be like, top 10 tips and tricks that only real Philadelphians know, right? Like something like that. Yes. So here's the interesting one. The most important trick is that if you are going to eat a butterscotch crimpet, and take it out of the package. You need to prepare it first because if you just open it up, you're going to rip all the icing off the top because the icing gets stuck to the wrapper. So there's a couple ways around this. First, you can freeze them. Uh, And a lot of people will say that a frozen tasty cake is the preferred way to eat it anyway, like a frozen crimpet or a frozen candy cake. Really? Yeah, but what'll happen is the icing will firm up. And then uh, the other thing you can do is you take your hand or really your fingernail, the back of your thumbnail, and you rub the icing off of the wrapper and smear it onto the cake before you open it up. That'll work. If you have honey buns, you can pop them into the microwave for like just a few seconds. Hmm. That makes them infinitely better. Wow. Yeah, and in fact... Some local eateries in Philadelphia itself have taken to using tasty cakes as ingredients. If you go to, I think it's called Square Burger uh, on Franklin Square in Philadelphia, they make a cake shake. It's a milkshake that has crimpets blended into it. That's really good. A lot of places locally will put uh, chopped up peanut butter candy cakes into their ice cream. Yeah, everybody's got their opinion on which one is the best. NBCSports.com says the best tasty cake is the cream-filled cupcake. Now, I don't know that I agree with this. This is very similar to like the Hostess Squiggle Cupcake, for example. Sites PenLive.com and Mash.com both say it's the peanut butter candy cake. Here is, in fact, however, Alyssa, maybe my favorite piece of tasty cake ephemera. (laughs) On Bastille Day every year, do you know what Bastille Day is? No. July 14th, it's like French Independence Day. It's kind of like their 4th of July. Mm. On Bastille Day every year, July 14th, there's a big celebration at the old Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. Mm Mm-hmm. And at some point in the day, there is a Marie Antoinette cosplayer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. She's led through the yard uh, while a cabaret group that's up on the roof of the prison throws crimpets down at the crowd. And uh, the fake Marie Antoinette shouts, let them eat tasty cake instead of let them eat cake. That's funny. Do you know what is my favorite part of this show? (laughs) What? Alyssa reads the ingredients. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) There are. All right. So listen. 
Uh, we are a f- we are a far throw from 1914 when uh, Bauer and Morris were making the Tasty Baking Company and originally baking these treats when all they had access to were like butter and eggs and flour and sugar. Um, so there are so many ingredients we have in these treats. There's there's an entire page just for an entire page worth of ingredients. This is by far the most ingredients in anything we've ever done. So listen, I'm going to give you the option here. You can yeah. pick one. You can pick one of the three treats we're going to try today. Okay. And you can read through the ingredients. <laughs> it's it's mind boggling that some of this stuff gets put into our bodies on purpose. But by all means, go ahead, Liz. Um, I'm going to choose the butterscotch ones. Butterscotch crimpets. Go right ahead. So in the butterscotch crimpets, there is sugar, enriched bleached flour, wheat flour, niacin, reduced iron, thiamine, monotrate, rip, rip, ribo, riboflavin, flavin, riboflavin, riboflavin, sure. folic acid, nonfat milk, egg yolks, corn syrup, vegetable shortening, soybean oil, palm oil, hydrogenated cottonseed oil, high fructose corn syrup, eggs, wee milk, water contains 2% or less of each of the following, cornstarch, soy protein, butter made from milk, soy less than salt leavening, sodium acid, acid phyrophosphate, pyrophosphate, pyrophosphate, sodium bicarbonate, monocalcium phosphate, um, modified cornstarch, natural and artificial flavored flavors, polysorbate 60. Oh, goodness. What is that? Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum spelled Uh, with an X. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That that sounds like an alien weapon or something. I know. Mona, mono, and diglycerides. Diglycerides. Sorbitane monosterate. Monoglycerides, calcium sulfate, nutmeg, lactic acid, preserved with sodium propionate, sorbic acid, and benzoic acid. Oh. Does not sound like any real food. Hey, I didn't get any of that. Can you start at the beginning and read it all over again? (laughs) You can. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Listen, there is some stuff in there that looks like an actual bakery product. There's sugar and flour and eggs and milk and... That's, butter and that's practically it. i mean there's even some nutmeg but then there's all that other stuff like, like that does not seem good to put in your body yeah not a lot of that seems appetizing i can't remember oh, a time sorry. when uh i ate sorbitan monosterate on purpose but this is you know this is what uh, modern baking practices are so or anyway sorbic acid and benzoic acid well guess what what i mean we're gonna eat all that stuff right now yeah so let's get to the rules of the game list what Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain-style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme and lists. What? The reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is still... Banana, banana cream, cream pie. pie. Banana cream pie was successful in its second title of defense last week against the Wawa Peach Iced Tea list. Wawa Peach Iced Tea was good. Yeah. You've, uh, you've gotten it again since we tried it out, actually. You took it on yeah. a road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no chance, however, against banana cream pie. It was never going to happen. Yes. So, Liz, today we're going to try some tasty cakes. There are uh, dozens, obviously. There's hundreds of a hundred or more varieties, but we're going to try three favorites to get a taste. 
See what I did there? Get a taste? Because it's food. Butterscotch uh, crimpets, candy cakes, and cream-filled coffee cakes. Yeah, we're going to try the original butterscotch crimpets. That's kind of like the uh, default tasty cake. That's what default. I think a lot of people think of when they think of a tasty cake. And then their best seller are the candy cakes. And then uh, my favorite of their current lineup, the cream-filled coffee cakes. So well, you know what that means. It's crunch time it's crunch time we rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip so snacks can be graded a b c d or f with the very best treats earning the elusive s tier ranking the following contest is scheduled for one serving one serving and it's for the undisputed championship of junk, junk food. food so you want to do the crippets first yes all right so hey let's do the trick you need to rub the icing off of the wrapper so can it sticks to the cake go ahead now, I did pick these packs up from our local Wawa. They are three packs instead of the like standard two packs that you would get if you bought a whole box of these. When I would take them to lunch, you would get a box of them and there would be like six or eight packs in a box and each pack would have two cakes in it. But this one has three cakes because it's just the single pack that you buy. It's, it's just different. Yeah, at the Wawa. So we'll each get one and then there'll be an extra one in case we uh, need it. So here is a butterscotch crimpet for you. Now, initially, it just I'm- smells like a cupcake. Yeah, it does. It smells like a sweet, moist. I'm looking at this cake, and it looks like the icing does still cover the whole cake. It looks like a cornbread. So, yeah, it's kind of like it's a golden sponge cake. It looks like a like a mass-produced golden sponge cake. It's very, very oily. It's super oily. Tasty cakes are very, very oily. Let's I think eat that's it. A, oh, you're dying to eat this. All right, go ahead. Crunch down. Oh. Okay, so this is... Uh, Taking me back a bit here. These are so good, obviously. There's nothing to them. It's just plain yellow cake with a little bit of butterscotch flavored icing on top, but you are you are housing this thing right now. <laughs> I feel like Matt Stoney. Shout out to Matt Stoney, the Megatoad. That's the that's like the best competitive eater nickname. I'm looking at my fingers where I was holding it, and there is this fine sheen of oil on my fingertips. Like so much grease. I don't even want to touch the computer keyboard. So initial thoughts from you. I know you were like so into eating this thing, you didn't even talk about it. I like it a lot. Yeah, tasty cakes are good. Butterscotch crimpets are good. All right, um, so next, let's try. Uh, what do you want to do next? Candy cakes or cream-filled coffee cakes? Um, cream-filled coffee cakes. All right, let's do cream-filled coffee cakes next. I want to leave the bestseller for last to see if it's actually like going to be my. Oh, that's smart. That's a good idea. So again, a three count of cream-filled coffee Ooh, cakes. These are good. in the cupcake form factor here. I should mention. The Tasty Cake packaging is quite simple, but very iconic. It's a clear package with all the, you know, normal stuff that you have to have on food packaging, things about nutrition facts and ingredients and such, barcodes and whatnot. There is a blue strip, and then the Tasty Cake embellishment on the top is the name of the company written in sort of a, like an old-timey looking font, and then the rest looks like it's in a sort of a, an elevated comic sans. They probably don't pay a whole lot of attention to their brand identity and fonting, but they don't need to because they are operating on pure nostalgia here. So we'll open up the package. I will pass you a cream-filled coffee cake. Now, these are a similar sort of golden sponge cake. Oof, they smell like cinnamon. Cinnamon. Strong smell of cinnamon and maybe some other warming spices, nutmeg perhaps. These look like small cupcakes, right? Or like a muffin without a top on them. They look like the bottom part of a muffin. There is a dollop of cream in the center because it's where the cream injection site is. It sounds so weird to say it clinically like that. The cream injection site of the cupcake, whatever. This is where they put the cream inside the cupcake. And then on top, there are these little, I don't know, what would you even call those? 
Cinnamon sprinkles. Yeah, it's like a streusel topping that you would get on a coffee cake, but they're sort of like, they're definitely machine extruded and you can tell, you know what they look like? This is going to be weird, but they look like when you go to a zoo or a park where there are ducks and you can feed the ducks and there's a little vending machine that you put a quarter in and you twist the thing and it's like in the red cast iron with the glass bubble on the top. It looks like... And it pops out a, a handful of duck feed to you. It looks like that. It looks like brown sp- Play-Doh spaghetti. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It does. So initial reaction to the, the eating experience here. This is a drier cake than the crimpet. Like it's not, uh, it's not super moist. It's not super oily, which is good. The flavor is good, but it's, it's kind of a dry cake. The dryness of the cake is offset, however, by the little dollop of cream that's inside. It's not a lot. It's just like a little splotch of a vanilla, probably sort of like a buttercream. And you are almost done again. My goodness. You are hungry. Right on top, the little cinnamon streusel, the, the cinnamon topping nuggets, I think are really what make the, make the cake because the texture is pleasing. They're sort of dense and crumbly and a little bit chewy at the same time. The cinnamon sugar flavor is not overwhelming or overpowering. You know how if you get like, you know, a lot of cinnamon in something, it can be a bit much? Yeah. This is, I think, just the right amount. These are, these are wonderful. Well, that's a big bite. It's mm. not horrible, but it's definitely not my favorite so far. So so you liked the butterscotch crimpet better than the cream-filled coffee cake. Yeah. I'll accept that. I'm a little bit biased in my opinion because of how much I like cinnamon sugar, for example. Like, in my opinion, I don't like cinnamon that much, but I really like cinnabuns, but I just don't like cinnamon otherwise. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's some people that are like that. Your mom will eat a cinnamon roll, but she does not like cinnamon. Yeah. So the part of the reason these are my favorite is because when I would get lunch at Wawa if I'm like in a pinch and I have to stop. Again, I'll get a turkey and cheese hoagie, Wawa peach iced tea, bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, and a pack of these cream-filled coffee cakes. And it's not something I'm terribly proud of, but I can eat an entire cream-filled coffee cake in one bite. And if I'm in a hurry, I typically will. Okay, last but not least, the best seller, the peanut butter candy cake. Each word in candy cake spelled with a K instead of a C. Peanut butter candy cakes. These are cakes with chocolate flavored coating and peanut butter filling. So a couple of interesting opinion, things. In my opinion, I do not like peanut butter that much. Oh. So we're going to see how this goes. So part of the reason that people like candy cakes so much is because they're a cake variety of a Reese's cup, essentially. It's the chocolate and peanut butter flavor together, but on top of a cake. Hmm. Very good stuff. Here's one for you and here's one for me. Now, we talked about the looks of these things before. Immediately, it smells like a Reese's cup. It does smell like a Reese's cup. It smells like chocolate and peanut butter, which is, in my opinion, very good. Here's the here's the interesting thing that you can tell as a longtime Tasty Cake eater. I'm looking at this thing. It looks like there is a one inch strip of peanut butter frosting underneath a robe of chocolate on top of this. When I was a kid, as far as I can remember, you could not see the outline of the peanut butter underneath, which leads me to two conclusions. The recipe has changed and the production has changed such that either the chocolate layer is much thinner in coating or the peanut butter layer covers much less of the cake than it did before. And it's probably a combination of both of those things. So what do you think? You are taking little tiny nibbles of the chocolate on the outside. I'll also say, if you look at the bottom of a peanut butter candy cake, you can see tiny little indentations, a little grid marking, of where it was sitting on the conveyor belt. And there's like little embossing or etching of the the pattern of the conveyor belt on the bottom, which I always thought was was kind of neat. So these taste very similar to the way that I remember them. I haven't had a peanut butter candy cake in a long time. I'll say the cake in the middle, again, distinct from the crimpet cake and the coffee cake. This is a very light, very fluffy, whiter even, like a lighter colored cake in the middle. 
The chocolate is pedestrian. It doesn't really stand out in any way, but it's still good, the especially butter, in this application. The peanut butter is like not overwhelming, which I don't, which I like. Yeah, the peanut butter is smooth and soft. I feel like eating this. I feel like I'm at the Philadelphia Zoo sitting at a picnic table eating a picnic lunch. Like that's the uh, that's the sense memory that I have tied to these things. They're very good. They they taste like cakey Reese's cups. I just prefer a regular Reese's cup. Yeah, I think so. Especially for someone like you who does not like peanut butter as a flavor or as an ingredient overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not going to be high on your list. But these are wonderful. Your mother loves them, of course. What a surprise. I mean, uh, there was a time when we had like a stash of tasty cakes, especially candy cakes, in the fridge ready to go at all times. And uh, your grandfather, Poppy, he keeps those, he keeps tasty cakes in the closet. He usually has a chocolate junior and maybe a... One of the tasty Claire pies. Those are really good. They're like cream-filled eclairs, but baked into a pie. They have a lot of crimpet, crimpets. Like I'll go in there and I'll see crimpets and Twinkies. Yeah, I think like at birth, every uh, every person in Philadelphia is issued a case of Tasty Cakes that they then keep in their pantry for the entirety of their lives if, as long as they live in the Delaware Valley. So Liz. What? Uh, let's hit the bliss point. I want to hear what you think. What are your final thoughts on this week's treats? What do you think about Tasty Cakes? Which one was your favorite and where do you rank them and rate them? So, for, I'm going to go in order. Okay. So, my first favorite was just the regular. The butterscotch crimpet. Yeah. Then, the cinnamon. Uh-huh. And then the candy cakes. Interesting. Okay. So, butterscotch crimpet's number one for you. What do you think as far as a grade from sprinkles to fun dip? How do you rate? So, for the... Just butterscotch crimpets. I'd give them probably like a A minus. Okay. And the cinnamon one, maybe a B plus. Okay. And the candy cakes, like a C plus. C plus for candy cakes. Wow. So uh, these are all, these are still really good ratings for what are essentially just mass produced, heavily chemical, uh, preservative filled, individually wrapped snack cakes like you can get in any bodega corner store, grocery store, supermarket Dad, across the country. I have a question country. for you. Yes, dear. What would you rate the banana one? Uh, if there was a banana creamy here, it would get an S tier for sure. Really? Yeah. I think the fact that they don't exist and I haven't had one in like 30 years uh, probably puts it out of reach and over the top. But we do have three varieties of tasty cakes in front of us right now. And I will say, I think for me, the number one is the cream-filled coffee cake. I still like it the most. I liked it more when it had more cream inside, but they're still really good. I'll say A-. minus. Butterscotch crimpets next for me, B+. Plus. Uh, and then cream-filled candy cakes. Uh, if there was something between B+, plus and B, I would give it that. But So I'll just say B+. Plus. So crimpets and candy cakes, B+, plus for me. Uh, cream-filled coffee cakes, A-. minus. We have to ask ourselves now, Liz, this is merely perfunctory at this point. I think it's just a formality. Do you think tasty cakes are better than banana cream pie? Yes or no? No. No, me neither. Of course not. Nothing is. It's the best. Uh, we just, we had one again not too long ago and it was amazing. I had it for dessert and Dad, then I had it for breakfast the next day. In my opinion, sushi is much better. Well, sushi is not a snack. It is, it is for me. It is not junk food. Sushi is a As indicated snack by the name of this show. Well, you know what, though? I, th I think uh, you could make a case that sushi could be a snack. How about kimchi for you, Dad? I like kimchi, for sure. Not more than banana cream pie. What? No, of course not. Fermented cabbage? I, no, <laughs> certainly not. Oh. I mean, uh, what's it called? Sauerkraut's good, but I don't want sauerkraut with a candle in it for my birthday. How about ginger? How about ginger? 
Let's get to the deep fry. <laughs> <laughs> nice try at a segment switcher upper there. But first, as a mere formality, of course, Liz, we have to say our winner and still reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks, banana cream pie. Tasty B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Cakes are, that's right. Thank you very much. Tasty cakes are really good, but I, I they just... Uh, they couldn't get it done this January, you know? I just, I was listening to Hall of Back Girl in the car, and I was, I got to the part where it said the B-A-N-A-N-A-S, and I went, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. But I can't say the whole line because it's oh, a bad right, word. Oh, right, there's a bad word. So, yeah. Great story, kid, thanks. This drives me bananas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say that for now. You know what? I, I gotta say, if we had a double stuffed Oreo, there's a chance that it could be competitive against banana cream pie, but we don't. And in fact, again, this week, we don't have anything for the Oreo rule. We do, however, what? have something for next week, which we will save mm. for then. And before we get there, we have to ask ourselves a very important question, list. Will it deep fry? Can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry? Uh, I bet somebody has to have tried it, right? Deep frying a tasty cake. And in fact, yes, Alyssa, they, they have. have. That's right. <laughs> Uh, this is only the pies. So if you've ever had a tasty cake individually, indi- individually. <laughs> individually wrapped individually. pie, they are baked. They are baked pie treats. But if you recall, like the old McDonald's apple pies were dropped into their deep fryers. You can I deep tried fry. I one of those. I did not like them. Oh, the McDonald's pies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, spoiler. I don't like those either. Uh, we may do those on the show one day, though. So we'll just say we don't know how we feel about them until the day comes. Uh, there's a restaurant in Richboro, Pennsylvania that will deep fry a tasty cake cherry pie for you. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be like over the top or something like that. It, would, it might be interesting to try for once. True. You know what else is interesting? The back of the box. The back of the box. It's time to check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Alyssa, would you like to play a game? Dad, I think I should be asking you if you want to play a game. That's right, you should, because this week's segment is called Ask a... 41-year-old. Yeah, I don't want to say how old I am. Uh, you just think I'm very old. In this game, Ask Alyssa Ask a 100-year-old. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> Number one, how dare you? Uh, in this game, Alyssa will try to figure out what a word she's overheard me say means. I have no idea what she's going to say or which word she's picked, so this should be at least interesting, if not fun. Okay, Dad, so my word for you is radical. Radical. So radical is a word that you've heard me use? Yes. Were you spending a lot of time with me when I was in second grade? No, but (laughs) this is a word. That's a word that I have said and that you have heard. So what do you think, Alyssa? What do you think radical means? So I think radical means like rad dudes. Rad dudes. What is that? What are rad dudes? Like, hey, guys, how's your day going? Mine's been rad. Okay, and Mine's so been radical. So what is rad then? So it's just like if, if people chill that talk like cool. that, chill and cool. Yeah, mm. just like go with the flow. Go with the flow, chill and cool. A way to describe a really good day is radical. Yes. You know, I I will say this. Uh, you're not too far off the mark. Really? Yeah. What is it? So radical. Radical is a way to say like. All right, so you know the uh, the directions when you say something is laying flat, it's horizontal. Mm-hmm. And if it's up straight, up and down, it's vertical. Mm-hmm. And if it's in between those, it's diagonal. Mm-hmm. Well, radical is like if it's on the other side of all of those three things. Vertical, horizontal, diagonal, radical all the way over here. Then what was I close to? <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. 
Uh, no, you were right. I was lying. I just made that part up. Radical means like uh, something that's awesome. I made up a word, actually. Yeah, what's the word that you made up? Deformistal. Deformistal. Yes, take a guess what it means. Deformistal sounds like a medication that you have to take if you're very old and your blood pressure is bad. Do not take deformistal if you have allergies to deformistal. Consult your physician first. Deformistal may cause fainting, death, and bee stings. Oh, all right. So what, what? (laughs) what does deformistal mean? It means you should be very gentle or very careful. You should. So if I said, like if Chase was running with scissors, I should say, oh, deformistal or be deformistal. Be deformistal. Be deformistal. Hey, put those scissors down. Be deformistal. Oh, well, all right. So that's an excellent word that you've invented there, Liz. Right. And this podcast should reach you in excellent condition, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Any final thoughts, Liz? Be safe. Be deformistal. <laughs> and be radical. Uh, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. Fun. For more, go to Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or wherever you choose to be social and find us at Junk Feud Pod. You can stream with us on Twitch, watch fun-sized snack reviews on YouTube, buy merch on Public, and fund us on Patreon at Junk Feud Pod for exclusive bites. And don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again, for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any Anya. Bye.